We are back after a wonderful weekend. We spent up in Morgantown watching our team win. Hopefully you guys are enjoying football season. We're back for our week three NFL Stone Cold Lead Pipe Locks. Mr. Brown's got some fun baseball stuff to talk about. And I don't know. We'll see what else comes up. This is the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. Stay tuned. Welcome, welcome back once again to the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. This is Chad the Mark with Mr. Brown and Canadian Biggie. And fellas, we made it to Morgantown and back in one piece. How fun was our, you know, past Saturday? An amazing experience for me personally, having lived away from West Virginia. I haven't actually been able to make it to a Mountaineer home game in a decade. So going Saturday, Virginia Tech, Black Diamond Trophy, good company. Great day, great weather, perfect atmosphere. Couldn't have been better. So I'm used to going to the games, and they typically uh, lose in a thriller. <laughs> so, you know, we're having – we're getting up there, what, about 9 o'clock or something? Yeah, it was early. So we get up there around 9 a.m., and then we're firing up uh, T-bones from the farm and farm fresh eggs, a few yinglings in the picture, IPAs, and then we're like – I'm thinking this is going to be the highlight of my day. Because I'm assuming we're going to lose because that's just how you are as a Mountaineers you, fan. You and me were not real optimistic going into it. No, but like, damn if that breakfast wasn't good to start it <laughs> off. Well, let's let's stop there for a second because you, you texted me something on Sunday and you kind of you know, picked up on some maybe bad vibes I had because Biggie and I, we had coordinated everything pretty well and Biggie went and bought this badass grill that we got just for tailgating. Riddle. Griddle, the the Blackstone premium griddle. Give us some money, uh, Blackstone. <laughs> but um, we we Pancakes put it, sticks. We put it together. I was responsible for the propane. And Biggie, what was the problem? You brought propane, but it did not have the adapter, so it would only take the small propane tanks. I brought a normal propane tank, thinking that's what the grill took, and it took the small canisters. And uh, you know what? I was just kind of quiet for a minute, went and took a piss, you know, needed to decompress. And then kinda I remember quiet for a minute, you were like, fuck you, you schmuck. I'm so, out of here. I was so mad. Uh, I think, I, think I was thinking, man, I'm just, I think I'm going to get another beer. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're like, man, Chad might get violent here. This is not going well. He, maybe he's going to start drinking. You never know. And uh, that's why I offered an IPA. I remembered where I was and I went to the first tailgate. I saw that had a small grill and I asked him, you know, and, and they wouldn't even let me buy it off of them. They, they handed me a tank. So I come back to our tailgate and you guys are like, Hey, we already got a tank because Apparently, the guy across from us saw me storm off in a rage-filled manner and gave us a tank anyway. So I brought home a grill and two tanks. <laughs> it was a good day. Well, I, I, I texted him. And I was like, man, I was, we was all kind of worried about our life. I thought you was going to like murder us over this tank, Chad. You know, deep breaths, buddy. How do you put farm fresh eggs and T-bones and then like not give it to me? Like you're going to say, no, we can't make this grill. Yeah, I was starting to get upset. That was a good breakfast there. Thanks to Drew. Yeah, shout out to our buddy Drew, who does nothing with We Don't Know Sports, but he's in all of our fantasy things that we do, football, basketball, baseball, doesn't matter. You need an, you need someone to go to an event, you know, and he's ready to roll no matter when and where. Just He says, what time, I'll be there. So, Drew, if you're listening, we love you, brother. Always a great time. And uh, like you said, Biggie, those steaks and eggs, they're, they're, oh, my God, they were great. So uh, the game, atmosphere was good. We know we almost blow it. They come back. But Country Roads got saying it was 95 degrees, it felt like, on our on our heads all day. How, how's your sunburn doing? I'm glad that they gave rally towels to start the game because I was able to tuck it into the back of my hat. As you know, I'm you know completely bald, and then my hat only comes to my ears because my head's so fat. So that bottom half of my head and all my neck always gets burnt, but not on Saturday because I could tuck my rally towel in anytime I wasn't swinging it over my head. There we go. So anyway, we're not going to rant on and on about our uh, experience, but it was a damn good time. I mean, the last thing for me, the last takeaway is – Damn, it's good to watch Mountaineer football at a sold-out 60K stadium. And you could tell Virginia Tech came in there, most hostile environment they played in this year, and it shook them. And that's why we jumped out by 20, 20 points. And then, yeah, we almost gave it away, but it was a difference in the ball game. I think the fans won that game. 
despite it being hot and despite, uh, you know, hot weather and alcohol-induced fandom, you know, sometimes isn't a good mix, but uh, it was pretty good. Well-behaved for the most part. Everybody seemed to do all right. Except for the student section. Except for the student section. But we even got Hokies to take our picture for us. That's good camaraderie there from uh, rival fan bases. Yeah, it wasn't one of those where when the game was over or during the game, Hokies and Mountaineers were fighting. They let the play happen on the field, which was nice and refreshing for a change. Yeah, they, I even read online where a lot of the fans were surprised about how hospitable the environment was. So we'll take that as a compliment. We can be rowdy, but we're not going to be dicks. We just burn couches. Nah, sometimes. Not, not as much anymore. Anyway. I want to transition to something and just, you know, we, we talk we talk a lot of baseball during the summer. And as football started, uh, you know, we start to transition away from it a little bit. And we know we got our lead pipe locks coming up. We're watching the Thursday night game. McCaffrey has got a hurt hamstring and he's out of the game. So we got a, we got a barn burner happening. And who's his backup? Hell if I know. Uh, Chubba Hubbard, is that who yeah, it was? Yeah. Chubba uh, Hubba. So Chubba Hubba is, uh, if you're looking for a fantasy wire by the time you're listening to this podcast, you're too late. Yeah, but guess what? He's already, he was drafted in our league. That's how good our league is. We, we can see the future. <laughs> Everybody loves the handcuffs. But with baseball, you know, I was so excited. Thought my Reds were going to make the playoffs. So they've decided to crash and burn. But even at that, it doesn't matter because the St. Louis Cardinals have won 12 in a row as of right now. And to me, they are a definite lock for the wild card. Am I missing anything? Or if you guys paid attention to this, they are on fire right now. Hey, it's definitely the, the Cardinals. Because I was looking at the standings and like the Padres started their collapse before the Reds. Yep. And I was like looking at it because we've said all along that you got to win the East or you're not getting in. Well, then the Braves were just right there in the wild card, even if they didn't win the division. Because of the Padres collapse. Well, then, thanks to the Cardinals now, it's back to you better win the damn division or you ain't getting in. Because we would be – the Braves would be third place in the NL Central right now. Yeah. And, and it's that's how hot they are. So, my question is, which was the bigger collapse, the Padres or the Reds? I, I think it's got to be the Padres because I, so much more was expected of them. This right. Year. And they're, and they're getting into it with each other in the Tatis dugout now. and Machado going it's at each other. It's not about you. You know, that, that was awesome, man. That was great stuff. But, uh, the Reds, you know, they were expected to be about what they are. And that's, that's really all you can say. They had a high peak that gave you a little bit of optimism. Now they're kind of back to where before the year, this is where you thought they would be. Yeah. Well, they did give, uh, David Bell a two year extension. I don't know how I feel about that, but you know. That's that's what happens when you're slightly above mediocre. Hated it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so my question, though, without going too deep into baseball, are the Cardinals somebody to fear in the postseason? I, I I don't I don't think so. Honestly, I know they're hot right now, but I don't like their starting pitching depth and Flaherty, who's been their best pitcher. He's their best pitcher. He's been out for months. So I was going to say, when it comes to baseball playoffs. Do you have a top end one, two that you could run out four games in a seven game series? I, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Now, could they could they win the wild card game? Yes, because they're hot and it's only one game. Um, but I think once you throw them in a series uh, between, because they're they're going to play either the Giants or the Dodgers yep. in the wild card, and then they got to play the other one in the series they play. Yep. So I don't see it. Like I think the Dodgers still take the Giants by before the season's over. Which and it's not even about my spicy challenge. I'm just that's what I think. Giants have a uh, two game lead coming into today. Now, what I would love to see, I would love to see honestly, I would love to do your challenge, and I would love to see the Giants hold on to the division. I would love to see the Cardinals face the Dodgers and knock them out in that one game. Yeah, let's not be do doing too much wishful thinking here now. But you're right, one game, yeah, series, not so much, but. It's not, it's not as much like March Madness, right, where the hottest team, you know, because that is a one-and-done thing, you know, when we talk about that. So we'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, playoffs are almost here. And, you know, you look at a night like tonight, guys. We're all wearing hoodies, man. We got the, the man cave open. But it, it feels like fall, man. So that fall classic, it is not far away. And uh, I can't wait. Even though the Reds aren't going to be in the playoffs, man, I'm still going to be watching, man. Mariners won't be there either, but they're only two games out of a wild card spot. I schedule the first full season of October off every year as my last vacation so I can sit down here in the, the man cave and just watch playoff baseball because, to me, there's nothing like it. Got to love those day games on, like, October 6th. 
Uh, well, hey, let's uh, shamelessly plug and pay some bills real quick. We've got, we want to let you guys know that uh, we are sponsored by a company called Dugout Mugs. You can actually get an awesome deal right now from Dugout Mugs. And Mr. Brown, you got one on the way. Is it already here? Did you get it yet? It's not in the room, but yes, I've got it. Oh, you got it. Okay. So that's too bad. We I, I wanted to behold it. Mine hasn't gotten here yet, but you can get these little little baseball bat, like the 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 butt, knob. the knob of the bat in a shot glass with your team's logo on it. And if you don't want to pay for it, you just want to pay for shipping, all you gotta do is go to dugoutmugs.com slash pastime. That is our link that we're giving to you because you listen to the show. So we can get free crap to our fans out there. Is that so, Biggie? You got one yet? Uh, it's on the way. All you got to do is pay shipping and handling. That's it. Shipping and handling. You get a free little knobby shot glass with your team's logo on it, any MLB team, from Dugout Mugs. So the, and they're normally twenty four ninety five. Yeah, because they're, they're freaking sweet, man. They're worth twenty four ninety five. but we're going to get it to you just for the cost of shipping because we love you guys, and Dugout Mugs, they love us. So dugoutmugs.com slash pastime. <laughs> All right, fellas, so before we get to our Stone Cold Lead Pipe Locks of the Week, let me just ask you any takeaways from week two of the NFL because, damn it, did we not see the world get turned upside down with a couple teams? And then did we see some some teams look like contenders and some are pretenders? Like, give me some of your takeaways from week two. My biggest thing, and not just because I'm a Raiders fan, I believe the only, the, the only two teams in AFC that are undefeated are the Raiders and the Broncos. Is that correct? Uh, in the AFC? Yes. The Raiders and the Broncos are the only two undefeated teams. Wow. I didn't even know that. (laughs) And (laughs) I'm sorry, but like, I can't, I couldn't put either one of them in my top 10 in our rankings. We do our power rankings because I'm a realist. It's two weeks. So so you're not buying, you're not punching your ticket to the playoffs if you're the Broncos or the Raiders. Although I did see there's a Broncos fan butthurt about uh, power rankings after two weeks. Yeah, it'll be okay. But, you know, I did have the Raiders in my top ten because they beat two quality opponents. So, at least for now, they've deserved it. They do. Derek Carr is playing balls of wall, too. MVP early season, man. Two weeks, I know that's all it is. But, my God, he's been on fire. I mean – I'm like 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 a WVU fan. I'm a Raiders fan, and we we're used to mediocrity. So I look at the schedule after we stole. Look, you look at it. We've stole two games from the Steelers and the Ravens. Games you just think are going to be losses when you look at the schedule. Now looking at the schedule coming up, and I know it's the NFL. We could very well reel off you know six seven wins early. You know, and it's it's promising because we got these two early. Yeah, you got to try and build that cushion, take every game you can, because in your division, you're assured that Kansas City's winning 12. Hmm. All right, so with with that being said, I, I just want to get y'all's thoughts on a, on a couple things. So number one, a couple teams that have completely different views on week one and week two. Let's start with the Green Bay Packers. So we've seen it before where the Packers have the early season woes, but then they come back and look, it's the hapless lions. I'm not getting too excited. Yeah. Let's get real here. And the team that they lost to 38 to three went and got bounced by Carolina last week. The Packers are not back. NFC championship game. Here we come again. You were down 17, 14 at half at home to the lions. But how bad is that division? Like the best team probably is the Vikings and they're 0-2, correct? Yes. That, that's terrible. God awful. The, We're talking about the NFC least. I mean, look at that division right now. The Vikings might have the worst luck, but did you hear the radio call for the Vikings? You haven't heard that? I have not. Was it PA? Oh, I got – yeah. I, I got I to gotta find it. We got to put that on the page because – the so, you know, it came down to a kick at the end – and the Vikings missed the kick, right? 37-yarder. And, and he's like, this is the play-by-play. He's like, the kick is on its way. It's good! It's good! Oh, my God, he missed it. That's Paul Allen. I mean, that's fantastic. Best voice in radio. Oh, man. Like, you can't even get that part right. That's how the Vikings season's going. But let me ask you this. So the Saints, they got they got blistered up by the Panthers, who, you know, are probably below mediocre. And... and 2-0, baby. They are 2-0, just like the Raiders. And 
but the the Saints were missing like half their coaching staff because of COVID. Apparently, uh, we saw the real Jameis Winston. Please stand up and all that good stuff. So anyway, who if you're a fan of the Packers or Saints, who should be more optimistic, a Packers fan or a Saints fan? Oh, easy. It's the Packers because you still have Aaron Rodgers, who's the reigning league MVP, regardless of how the team has looked through two games. Rodgers is a cocky, schmucky enough guy who's going to come out there and play well just so he can talk shit to the media. I'd say the Packers have the best chance for the playoffs because we talked about the division they're in, but I I love the Saints coaching staff way better than the Packers because I feel like the Packers coaching has been trash for several years now and they're drafting. They won't draft skill players to surround Aaron, but I I think if the Packers were actually in a tougher division, I'd almost go Saints, but it's the Packers by default. Now you are going to get Justin Fields playing for the Bears, but uh, you know what? I I think he's going to be one of those guys that flashes a little bit early and then he kind of comes crashing back down. Just Once, once teams, teams figure him out a little yeah, bit. Athleticism will carry him a little bit. I just think that the Saints are last week were who we kind of thought they were coming into the year and that the Packers, even though it's the hapless Lions, had a bounce back. Rodgers didn't play any of the preseason. He wasn't there during the offseason. And that they'll be back to where they were. They've been 13 and three the last two years. Hmm. All right. Any other uh, standouts for you? Like, I, I'm just wanting to to know if there's anybody else that after week two you're, you're kind of paying attention to as far as teams go, because I, I got a couple I just want to ask you about. Oh, uh, there's two of them in the NFC West. I'm not sure. Is any team out there lost? Uh, Seattle's lost one. They're one of barely. One. So that division is the anti <laughs> Packers division, right? Because yes. like they're all amazing. As a division, that's the it's amazing. They could all four make the playoffs and no one would even be surprised by it. No, they wouldn't. You yeah. And you can have that now with the extra wild card. That would be insane. Two things in that division. One, the Niners have a loaded roster. See if they can stay healthy. They're jumped out the two and all. Uh I'm really interested to see if they stay healthy, because if they do, they'll win 10 or 11 games. Uh, the team in that division that I like the most is the Arizona Cardinals because Kyler Murray looks Calamari. like a different quarterback this year than he has in past years. They talked about how he lost more games in his rookie season and last year than he had all through uh, high school and college, and that it really took a toll on him. And you see him playing a lot different. I think that that'll make a difference going forward. I mean, I agree with you. Looking at the highlights with Kyler Murray, I feel like – because, you know, he has all the tools. I feel like you can tell from the mental perspective that the the game has slowed down for him. And I feel like he's just out there making the right decisions. He It's not too fast for him. And you can clearly see that he's kind of just imposing his will now. And I think it's going to continue, you know, barring a crazy injury, you know. But I th- he's looking good. So we're, we're going to get to it on the picks here in a second. But Mr. Brown and I were talking game of the week is going to be the Rams and the Bucks, right? Yeah, I agree. And, you know, Tom has looked amazing through through two weeks. But anyway, uh, real quick on the NFC West, the uh, the Seahawks are the one team that has the loss. But did you watch any of that game? Like Derrick Henry yeah. gets shut down for three quarters. And the Titans, who got manhandled, looked like they were going to be 0-2. And I think Derrick Henry ran for like 6,000 yards in the fourth quarter in overtime and brings them back from the brink, which was just amazing. And then uh, we mentioned the Vikings taking their L. And then the other one I was going to ask you about is the Eagles, who looked like world beaters. We've seen what the Falcons have turned out to be so far. The Eagles didn't get killed by the Niners, but they lost and they they weren't really in the game at the end. But like, how are you feeling about them uh, as a whole right now? I think the Eagles are kind of who I thought they would be. Uh, they might compete for a playoff spot in that division or a low end wild card if everything plays out perfectly right for them. They kill the Falcons. We see how bad they are. The Niners, who we think are going to be a pretty good team, they're competitive with one score difference. I will say this, of all the teams from week one to week two that had the biggest downfall, it's got to be the Miami Dolphins. We're talking about trying to get Deshaun Watson all offseason. They play the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I know The, two the Bills went down. took out their damn frustration on them. I know two went down in the second quarter, but if you were only a quarterback away from competing, which is what a lot of people like to say, that's why they want Watson, you don't lose 35 to nothing at home. Mm. Or maybe the Patriots just aren't that good. That's why they hung with them. 
It's the transitive property. That's how that works. Uh, that, that, that hit him hard right now. He's just like, damn it, that might be true. <laughs> you did beat the Jets after all last week. Congratulations, New England. Hey, and Zach Wilson's mom. <laughs> well. There you go. That's always a win. I'll say this. Zach Wilson, uh, if he continues to play like he did last week where he had no clue what was going on, do you see the uh, kid that made the TikTok breakdown of the Jets? I did not. I- I'm not on TikTok, man. Oh, well, they showed I it suck. on uh, ESPN. That's why I saw. I'll show it to you later. Basically, it's a breakdown of what it is to be a Jets fan by like a nine-year-old. And sa- or, uh, well, A nine-year-old would only know sadness as a Jets fan. Zach Wilson is going to make Sam Darnold look like a freaking swamp mod or legend. Like, he doesn't know where to throw the ball. He doesn't know when to throw it away. He doesn't know what to do with it. He's a bust. He may not even be a bust. It's just not a conducive environment for creating a solid quarterback. Is he like a Jamarcus Russell? Is he not looking at the playbook? And is he like a Russell without the, you know, throw it deep, bomb arm? You know, what's, what's the deal with him? Is it just that bad? He's going to be the next Josh Rosen. Ooh. Josh Rosen played. And, and he, he sucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Wilson played too. Hey, I'm st- I just remember Josh Rosen said he's going to show everybody who, who passed on him in the draft. I'm still waiting. Yeah. So is Wilson's mom like the NFL's version of LeVar Ball? <laughs> Did you see where Zach Wilson report came out? He offered her a substantial amount of money to get the F off of Instagram and off of social media, period, turned him down. She wants to be the LeVar Ball of the uh, NFL. She's an influencer now, man. She's, you know, we, we put those memes out about, you know, when fall comes and the, the all the white women break out the scarves and pumpkin spice latte. Like, that's her, right? She's all over that. I mean, she's more happy it's fall than Mr. Rawlings. <laughs> I think she's more more than about just pumpkin spice and scarves because she she says I went out and got drunk last night and I, when I forget to take my makeup off and I go to bed I wake up and I look like a whore. It's see it's all that's all that in one. Yeah. I'm telling you that's that that she's going she's going to be big. She is Levar Ball. She's like a Kardashian. That's maybe she's Lavar Kardashian. So Ooh. I mean, how long before Delonte West is sniffing pumpkin spice off of her ass crack? He's lurking. <laughs> as long as it's only pumpkin spice, he's sniffing. He just went to rehab for a long time. We don't need to see him living on street corners again. Keep him safe, Mark Cuban. Hey, before we get into our NFL Stone Cold Lead Pipe Locks of the Week, Mr. Brown, I wanted to just take a minute and let's point out the little venture that you just got started on, Beat the Shift with Greg Rowling's new new little podcast segment, little video segment, something that kind of spawned from your baseball group, right? I mean, yeah, the group's taken off. We get like 600 to 1,000 new members every week. Uh, about 115 major league players in there now, and they interact, they post, they comment, they debate. Uh, a few of them really hate war, and it's fun fun to watch the debates. But Not actual war, but statistic war, right? <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> but uh, the plan is to sit down every few weeks, and uh, every other week I'm going to have a show where I sit down and talk to two of the, the players in the group, and we kind of do a Q&A, fan Q&A with, with the players, so that way the, plan, uh, pl- the fans get closer to the players, and – they get their questions answered, and we're going to tag the fans, and uh, everybody wins. All right, so it's interactive. You're getting the fans involved, and the Facebook group is uh, – what's it called? America's Pastime, the Love for Baseball. There you go. That's where you can find it. And then you this is a second episode that's going to drop. It will be available on podcast uh, forum on Monday, and we're hoping that this weekend we'll have the video up. But uh, you, who would you have on the first time, and who did we get to talk to tonight? Uh, the first ever show and Beat the Shift was Mike Gallo, who we've had on the show a few times already, and then Jeff Facero, who's the all-time leading wins leader by a left-hander of the Montreal Expos. Nobody's taking that title from him. Absolutely not. They are both great. A great show, the first one. And tonight? Tonight we had Denny Nagel, World Series champ, uh, multi-time All-Star, and 20-game winner, who was number four on the Braves' depth chart and starting pitcher. And you would go 20-5, and five, how that happens, I don't know. <laughs> um, and we also had Ray King, who uh, loves to own Barry Bonds, and it's fun to talk about because I believe 
He's what, one for 25 or 26? It was, it's bad, whatever it is. The one hit was a home run. Thanks, Eddie Press. <laughs> the, the one thing I, I do want to say I learned from listening to the uh, interview tonight was uh, the train whistle. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to give it away too much, but apparently Danny Nagel is known for a train whistle, and if you want to know more, then you need to listen to it. Yeah, or even watch the video, because to watch him do it was pretty impressive too. But uh, anyway, that is Beat the Shift with Greg Rawlings. Comes out pretty much every other week once we get good uh, guests uh, slotted in there. But we try to get a couple people in there so we can actually have a conversation back and forth. And if you're a fan of baseball, find the group, find the post, and you can come and ask Greg. You can ask Mr. Brown what questions to throw out there for these guys. But uh, it's Beat the Shift with Greg Rawlings. Check it out wherever podcasts are available on any platform. And then also you can find the video on social media on the Facebook group. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is time once again for us to help you become richer than your wildest dreams because it is time for our week three edition of our NFL Stone Cold Lead Pipe Locks and hit the music. We got to have some background noise. We got to have the NFL marching music in the background because it helps us allocate our thoughts correctly and Biggie, congratulations, you are still the sole owner of first place. We all went 10-6 and six last week, even though week one was a train wreck for, for Mr. Brown and myself. We bounced back nicely. I'm two games up, two games under 500. Mr. Brown's at even 16-16, and 16, and you find yourself at 18-14. and 14. Do you feel like your momentum is stalling now that we both went 10-6 and six along with you, or are you going to just put your uh, foot on the gas and just take hold here? I feel like 10-6 and six was a down week for me and an up week for you, so... <laughs> the ceiling in the basement's very different. <laughs> All right, so so that being said, we'll, we'll, I'm going to go four and twelve. This I week. hope you do, you bastard. You know the the thing was, week one was so topsy turvy. We talked about how a lot of guys didn't have preseason and whatnot, and you know what? We we figured things out. But I will say, there are a lot of big spreads once again this week. So you're ready to get right down to it. We'll start out and just let everyone know we all picked the Panthers to, to cover tonight. And it's not looking good. They are an eight-point favorite, but McCaffrey went out in the first half and oh, ha- hasn't been back in. And uh, right now it's seven to six, and there's only uh, a quarter and a half remaining. So we'll see if the Panthers pull it out. But that's the type of guys we are. These are picks of integrity. Not only do we pick all the games on Thursday and stand behind it, we don't even switch the night of and let you think that we actually know more than we do. We're not that great on Thursday night games, are we? That's why we're usually 0-1. <laughs> Except <That's> for me. <laughs> Just depends. We're, well, we're all going to be 0-1 after tonight. But let's see if we can bounce back on the second game on the docket. The Washington football team is on the road where no one circles the wagons quite like the Buffalo Bills. The Bills, after waking up after the week one sleepwalk, they are a seven and a half point home favorite against Washington. I hate that it's seven and a half. I wish it was four and a half, five and a half, because I feel like Washington's a good competitive team with a real good defense. But how well the Bills played last week against a hapless Dolphins team, I'm going to take them to cover at home. I don't think this is a question. I think the Bills roll this week. I don't. I don't. I'm not confident in Washington's quarterback at all. I think the Bills come out and spank them at least by two touchdowns. Now, it's in Buffalo. That's the only reason why I'm taking the spread along with you guys to make it a clean sweep. I do think Heineke might not be that bad, but I don't think he's a long-term answer. That being said, I've been severely underwhelmed by Washington so far. They have not been what I thought they would be, and their defense has not been what I thought it would be. Damn near lost to the Giants last week, and you hit the They should have lost to the Giants. You know, why were a few people high on them coming into the season? That defense supposed to be lights out, one of the best three, four, five defenses in the league, and it just hasn't been that. All right, let's move on, see if we can mix it up here. Uh, Once again, another seven-and-a-half-point spread as the Bears, with Justin Fields under center, go on the road to the mistake by the lake. I mean Cleveland. We're back to being somewhat decent now. But the Browns are a a seven-and-a-half-point home favorite. I like the Browns to win this game 31-21. I feel like Cleveland – They'll find a way to win, but they're not. They don't. I don't think they're going to cover because Cleveland just don't look like they're the dominant team they should be, and they always 
play down to their opponents. I feel like the Bears will cover but lose. I share your sentiments with the Browns winning the game but not covering. It's going to be one of those things they win by like four or five but not more than seven. And I think Justin Fields in his first start will do just enough to make the game ugly. The the Bears will play really conservative. Um, I, I just don't see this being a high-scoring affair, and it's going to keep that spread even smaller. So, Biggie, congratulations. You're picking up the first lone wolf of the day. Give me a dog pound, baby. Whoop, whoop, whoop. I will take that one. How about the Ravens on the road to Detroit? Can we call them the mistake by the lake? Because that's they're, they're on a great lake, too. But anyway, the Ravens uh, coming off uh, a huge win. Are they looking for a letdown? Are they looking to keep the momentum going? They're an eight-and-a-half-point road favorite in Detroit. Here's the thing. Is Lamar Jackson playing on Sunday? Yes. The Ravens are going to cover. I hate all these high spreads, you know. This is this is crazy. Uh, but <laughs> I gotta go Ravens. I just don't think the Lions just Jared Goff. I guess that's all I gotta say. I'm not gonna say it's because of Jared Goff. <laughs> I'm just saying that, that one team is much better than the other. And I, while I almost took the Lions to cover the massive spread because it wouldn't it be a letdown, you know, you, you think that happens after that emotional win against Kansas City. But the Lions, uh, you know, we talked about how Green Bay's probably really not that good, but they they made just mincemeat out of the Lions. And and the Ravens are going to cover. They're going to win by double digits. So eight and a half, they get it. So we're across the board with the caca, the Ravens. Now, Biggie, I love this matchup for you because these are two of your uh, favorite teams. We know you're a Patriots fan, but if there's a a 1B and a 1C, it's definitely the Colts and the Titans, and the Colts are on the road to Tennessee, where Tennessee is a five-point favorite. I, I, I'm just curious to see where your head and your heart is on this one. Well, here's the thing. I would uh, really, really love to take the Colts to cover here, but something happened last week that I've never seen happen, even to an injury-prone athlete. How do you sprain both ankles? Have you ever known anyone to be in two walking boots? I guess technically he was in one walking boot. Having said that, I have to take the Titans to cover home. I I love the Titans. I know they came out flat week one. I think they're going to be one of the better teams in the AFC when it's all said and done. I love Derrick Henry. He's going to run with people hanging all over him again. And I think the Titans win by at least 10. I would like to take that. For some reason, I'm going to take the Colts to cover. And I'm telling you why. The Titans are going to win the game. But, you know, what? it took them four quarters to even show a sign of life last week. And I, I don't know if they can repeat that. And I know they're at home. And, like, you look at the week one game against Arizona. Like, I don't know what to make of the Titans. So, like, just five points seems like a lot. The average margin of victory in the NFL is usually three and a half points anyway. So, I'm just going with the odds and saying that it's not going to be the Colts uh, winning, but they're, they're going to cover. They're going to lose by a little bit. So uh, I guess I get to give you a lone wolf, right? Or a lone colt. <laughs> <laughs> All right, how about the Chargers on the road to the Chiefs? The Chiefs are a six-and-a-half-point home favorite. Do they bounce back in cover? Do the Chargers bounce back after that heartbreaking loss uh, against Dallas? The fighting Justin Herberts will bounce back, and not only will they cover, they'll win this game outright. Ooh. So which is the big – are we going to see a sophomore slump here with Herbert? No. And is the defense for the Chiefs going to line up on the line of scrimmage this week? That is why you won't see a sophomore slump because he'll this bounce week. back this in this week. game. All right. Uh, here's here's the thing. The Chiefs' defense is so bad that if this game isn't 38-35, I'd be amazed. I feel like the AFC West matchups, uh, they're typically closer than they should be. Um. The Chiefs' defense, man, and I'm glad as a Raiders fan, I want to see him keep getting pummeled. So you I, want them to lose this one. I, I can't say the Chargers win the game, but I think the Chargers cover. I can see where you guys both feel that way. I think the Chiefs, they usually play really well after a bad game. That's what happened last year. They would always bounce back if they lost. I, I just see them winning this one by 10 points. It's probably going to be like a 42-31 game or something like that. So uh, I'll give you the uh, – uh, You can't do that anymore. Oh, 
I'm sorry. Go, go Chiefs. Uh, I'll just say that. Uh, so uh, that that's uh, two lone wolves for me. I'm not used to this. Let's see if we can mix it up. How about the uh, Saints on the road to your Patriots? Two garbage teams playing right now. Mm. And uh, the Patriots uh, get the uh, Vegas standard three-point home favorite. So that means Vegas actually thinks this game is a push. If we're on a neutral field, we're going to push the Saints around and win by 14. I think Captain Crablegs is going to show out this game, you know, because I got him on fantasy team and I got a feeling, you know, you know. I think I think he I does got it. a feeling. Oh. What the hell is your feeling, <laughs> Captain Crablegs? It's going to ball out with three TDs. Go Saints! I'm just not convinced the the Patriots are even that good. They lost to a terrible Dolphins team and they they looked uh, unimpressive against the. Uh, J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. So I, I, I'm thinking the Saints, with all their coaching back, will actually be a little bit more competitive. So I'm, I'm taking them to uh, to cover. So, Biggie, did you take the Patriots to cover? Did I get that right? I did. You I, guys just gave me one. I, I, did we give him one? I, I don't think we're giving him one. Okay. But uh, I don't know. Give, okay. me, wait, give me a lone wolf, baby. Come on. Oh! All right. Let's move on to the – oh, my God. Who's watching this game? The Falcons at the Giants, and the Giants are a three-point favorite. I'm not even giving commentary on this. Giants. I'm also taking the Giants. Yeah, Giants across the board. Because Are the Falcons uh, competing with the Jags for worst team? Yes. I mean, I think the Texans are there, too. Uh, not if Tyrod's playing. They're at least a little better. But, all right, how about uh, uh, AFC North rivalry? The Bengals uh, ha- looked absolutely terrible. Joe Burrow threw three straight interceptions on three straight passes and then threw two more passes and threw touchdowns. So that's a, a hell of a swing right there. But it wasn't enough. So they're one and one. The Steelers are one and one. Pittsburgh is a three-point home favorite against the Bengals. Give me the Cincinnati Bengals all day long. Big Ben is already injured. Take the Bengals. I'm taking the Bengals as well because I've watched the Steelers both weeks and they just can't establish a run game so far. Their line's terrible and Big Ben's old and fat. Najee Harris, his only touchdowns through the air, right? Yeah, it's it's not looking good. So I like the Bengals to actually win this game uh, convincingly. I wish I could say the same, but I've watched the Bengals play this year and while they look great against the Vikings, I've also seen them get extremely conservative and not try to win games, just try not to lose games. And I don't see them going into a hostile environment in Pittsburgh where they historically never, ever win in Pittsburgh. So uh, as much as it pains me, you can call me a Fairweather fan if you want. The uh, Steelers are probably winning this game. So, How's that Lone Wolf go? The Steelers. uh What's that song they, they sing in Pittsburgh for the college? You want to give me that real quick? The uh, Neil Diamond song? You don't want to do that for me? You can't? You can't help me with this. You're a son of a bitch. I don't know, you know what that? it is. Sweet Caroline. Eat shit, Pitt. There's my one oh, wolf for you. Sorry. Thank you, Biggie, for, for stepping up to the I plate. Say, I just think of it as Pittsburgh, you know, the college. It, it's all good. I wanted to get there somehow. He helped me. All right, how about the Cardinals uh, on the road to Jacksonville? The Cardinals are a road seven-and-a-half-point favorite. 2023 NFL MVP, Kyler Murray, and the cards covered. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) I also agree. It doesn't matter that it's a West Coast, East Coast game. It's the way it is. All right, so let's move on to uh, the – this one's crazy. Uh, the Jets on the road to Mount High, where Denver's a 10.5-point home favorite. Oh, man, this is a really hard one to pick as far as I think the Broncos should easily win this game. 10.5 is a huge spread. I got to take the Jets to cover as much as it pains me to say that. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. I just think the Jets are really bad, and the Broncos are at home. And the Broncos, they already beat one team from New York really bad. I'm convinced they'll do it again, so I'll give you another. 
<laughs> as I take the Broncos as my lone wolf. Uh, I know that's a big spread, man, but I, I, I think the Jets are in for a long-ass year. And uh, Zach Wilson's mom ain't walking through that door. Well, maybe not yet. And Bradley Chubb just went down with uh, ankle surgery. He's, he's their best rush in, so now they can focus on Von Miller. Not that it'll help because the guys on the left side will block each other, but it just it's such a big cover. Uh, we'll see. They're at home, though, so they're saying only seven, right? Seven and a half. It's not really ten and a half, but, you know, we'll see what happens. All right, how about the uh, Dolphins at Mr. Brown's Raiders? You want to go first on this one? Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. So I'm kind of shocked that the spread's only four. Maybe they think that the backup quarterback's better than Tua like everyone else for Miami. So I think the Raiders win by at least ten. Raiders all day. Yeah, I think this is like the the most incorrect spread of the list so far, but watch that be 100% what Vegas knows, and we don't. Uh, The Raiders cover that one easy, right? Like not even a contest. Yeah, this is the one that doesn't make any sense because if you're the home team, Vegas is typically going to give you three. So I'm looking at it's four, four and a half. So they're thinking this game is like a push. Are you kidding me? Have they not watched the same two teams we've watched? All right, here's here's the game of the week. The Bucks. Going to L.A., SoFi Stadium, the Rams are the underdog, though. The Bucks come in a one-point favorite. I'll take the Tampa Bay Gronkineers to cover. I'm just going with the Rams, man. I don't know why I think this is a coin flip. I'm just going to go with the Rams just because, you know, Tommy, Tommy, Tommy. I just can't. I just don't know. I don't know. The spread, it's what, one and a half? We got one. So, basically, it's a pick them. Right. So, I mean, I'm just going Rams. Uh, I also had the Rams wrote down, and it's just because it's a, I'm taking the home team. Like, I, I think uh, – so you guys have been a lot higher on the effect Matt Stafford's going to have. We're going to find out who's right here, and I'm conceding my early season thoughts to what you guys said about Matt Stafford being a difference maker. So they're going to win this game. Is that fair? That is fair, although death. inaccurate. <laughs> Thank you for taking the Rams. <laughs> All right, so uh, you're a lone wolf, so uh, let's hear your uh, TB12 or your Gronkowski lone wolf, whatever you want to do here. Let's fucking go! (laughs) We'll take that. Don't drop the the trophy in the water. Mm -hmm. All right, how about the Seahawks on the road to the Vikings? And the Vikings are a home one-and-a-half-point favorite, so this is another tight one. Skull! I'm with you. I think the Vikings get their first win of the year. I know it's the Seahawks, but uh, I like the Vikings' talent on paper, and I think they win this one. Uh, I'm going lone wolf again on this one just because the Vikings, man, like at what point does it not just get into your psyche that you can't win now? Here's the thing. They have been looking for a kicker since the 98 NFC title game, (laughs) yet they still find a way to make the playoffs certain years. This is the year where they battle back. Uh, well, they got plenty of time. There's there's uh, an extra game this year, so they got time to battle back. It just ain't going to start in week three, so Seattle wins this one. So, caca! There's a lone wolf. <laughs> what the hell is a Seahawk, anyway? Is that different from a regular hawk? Is that a seagull? What is that? There's more meat on the wings or something. I don't know. I don't eat them. You can just say, don't hurt me, Randy Johnson. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that image is ingrained forever. All right, how about the Packers on the road to the Niners? The Niners are a three-point home favorite. Give me the Niners to cover at home. They got like four running backs hurt. I feel like they're doing off-the-street hires at running back, but I think they roll the Packers despite that. Yeah, I I think uh, the Packers kind of come back down to where we thought they were after week one. Not quite as far down low, but they're going to be much closer to week one than week two after this one. The Niners at home. They're going to they're gonna take them to the woodshed. They're going to win this one. To what Mr. Brown just said, hit nail on the head. They're on like four different running backs. They'll bring a guy off the street. Jeff Wilson, Mossert, Eli Mitchell, no matter who you put in that backfield with that run game. Hasty. Yeah. He's out now, too. <laughs> they're going to run for 110 yards. Yeah. Doesn't matter. They'll be fine. They'll, uh, they'll even throw some Trey Lance in there just to get some rush, rushing yards. That's why he's on the roster, baby. All right, last but not least, the Monday night game. The Philadelphia Eagles on the road to Big D in Dallas, where Dallas is a three-and-a-half-point home favorite. Give me the Cowboys to cover. I'm taking the Cowboys as well. I, the Eagles are trash, in my opinion. 
<laughs> I say I thought the Eagles were trash too, and then like week one, they kind of made everybody think different. But then we realized the Falcons are well, the Falcons, and uh, I'm also taking the Cowboys to cover this one. I think the Cowboys. I mean, I know they struggled with, with the Chargers, but the Chargers are a good team. The Cowboys are going to put their their stamp on this division. I think the Cowboys are going to be one of those teams that probably wins a lot more games than you think they should. And it's just because they're going to whip up on teams like Philly, the Giants, and whatnot. So, Cowboys across the board. That concludes week three of the Stone Cold NFL led by blocks. And I feel like I had way too many lone ones. This is going to come back to bite you in the ass. This Costanza mode didn't work before. This wasn't Costanza. It wasn't Costanza mode this time. It was just me being really bad at picks, probably. You know something insane? Through three weeks, I haven't had a lone wolf yet. Have you not? No. How's that happen? You were like the king of lone wolves last year. Changing my philosophy. That's. I'm going to stop putting my picks in first so he doesn't look. <laughs> That's what's happening. <laughs> ah, I hate you guys. All right, Biggie, we're going we're gonna to wrap up the show. There's something I've been wanting to ask you about because, uh, you know, I'm kind of a geek. And we, we didn't get a chance to talk about it on the last couple of shows, but uh, is, is wrestling making a comeback here? It's making a comeback in my neighborhood. I mean, AEW, baby. Like, I'll, all right, so we had the show this week. They were in New York. They had 20,000 people there. You have Brian Danielson, a.k.a. Daniel Bryan, now over there. CM Punk's there. I mean, Sting had a match at 62 years old, jumping off the top rope. I mean, shit's crazy. But, you know, they they had their pay-per-view. They did a great job with that. And uh, you know what? They're, they're consistently drawing over a million viewers now. One of the other reasons I think that they have a chance to build back to, uh, you know, more competitive against, you know, Big Brother WWE that's been there forever, who's hardly watchable now, the way that they build their product. Now they do have two shows a week, Wednesday and Friday, but they have pay-per-views once every three months. It's like four year. So they're not an oversaturated. So you're still looking forward to seeing them back CM Punk match. Who else are they going to bring over that got bought out or left WWE or anywhere else came over from New Japan? Probably the coolest thing that they do is they allow guys to come with belts from different organizations and wrestle with them. Well, and they, they let their uh, wrestlers have uh, music, too. Yeah. Uh, I read this thing that Brian Danielson asked if he could do a final countdown for his, because I guess he did that back on the indies from Europe, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, they, would, they, they said he could do it, but they were going to charge him $10,000 every time they played the song. Oh, damn. That's like back in the day when uh, Undertaker came into Kid Rock's song, American yeah. Badass, and he had to switch it up. <laughs> Maybe that's why Sean Michael Sean no, didn't he, his didn't own he song. do Rolling by Limp Bizkit for yeah. a while too? He he was big on that uh, rap metal phase there in the late nineties. Undertaker, he was a man of many talents. See how adaptable he was. Yeah, well, that's what makes him <laughs> on the Mount Rushmore. Uh, but uh, it's just interesting, man. Like uh, it's fun to talk about, and it's actually um, uh, AEW. I think it's. It's in our wheelhouse, man. It's basically for people who grew up in the Attitude Era and like that type of wrestling. This is kind of appealing to that type of fan. I think it sells it to the people who are 24 and above, 28 and above. It's not that kiddie stuff that WWE's putting out there. Like, look at the pay-per-view we watched with the tag team match and a couple others. Blood and guts everywhere. That's what we want to see. Now, uh, the other thing... uh, I, I haven't been keeping up on it as much as I have in seasons past. Uh, did you watch the the latest Dark Side of the Ring? I have not. I've, I haven't watched any of them. Uh, all right. So I, I'm very well versed on the story that came out on this last one, but it has got a lot of backlash and a lot of media attention from the plane ride from hell. Do you remember or do you know what the plane ride from hell was? Is this one where Kurt Angle and uh, Vince are wrestling? Undertaker's asleep, doesn't know what's going on, thinks somebody's on the boss, so then he beats the hell out of Angle. Dude, they're so this is they were coming back from it's that plane they're, ride, yeah, right? they're coming okay. back from the UK tour. Uh it, it was like a twenty day tour. Like they got stuck on the tarmac for a couple hours, so everybody just drank all the booze they got. Like it, it was just a mess. And you know, there's uh, been a couple noteworthy stories that have come out. So there's been some uh, flight attendants they've they've interviewed on the documentary, and uh, Ric Flair has been uh, 
kind of castigated in a negative light here. Uh, so everybody's heard the stories about him opening his robe and not having anything on underneath, which, you know, that's enough for people to just go, oh, that's just Rick being Rick. But now they're saying that he might have, you know, made the flight attendants, you know, handle his junk or something like that. And But the people saying it, you know, they're it's it's clever editing for the most part too. Like they're kind of putting it together a certain way to make it sound like exactly that's what happened. But uh, you got the flight attendant saying that, and then other people kind of saying it. But then like they're saying, I didn't actually see it, but you know that's what I think happened. So it's a little weird. Uh, Tommy Dreamer uh, was one of the people on the the episode, and because he didn't take as uh, much of a positive stance as some people would have liked he's now been kind of removed from uh, impact wrestling and busted open on sirius xm so uh all kinds of interesting things happening there so if you don't know about the plane ride from hell apparently that damn thing's still flying around taking people to hell and dragging them down with it uh, you, you gotta watch it i've heard a few different stories from that flight the rick flair one is new to me I've heard uh, a ton of stuff here lately, and I didn't re recognize what it was at first because I haven't seen that episode, and it just kept saying, Daddy, don't let me grow up to be a flight attendant. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yes, that's, that's kind of where it's that at. I saw that I know what the hell it was until. Uh, <sighs> man, nature boy, man. Come on. I hope, I hope that part's not true, but, you know, I, here's the thing. We weren't there. We don't know. It's so long ago. Now it's just people telling stories, like, I, and I hate that because of what it's about, but like at this point, man, like it's a different era too. Like yeah. it's, it's, I hate to say that. Like it's, it's not canceled now, not excusing any behavior or anything like that. But like, man, wrestling, like we, if you've seen the dark side of the ring episodes, like, you know how toxic, like there's episodes about people getting killed, man. Like yep. it's, it's some bad stuff that happened in the world of wrestling. And that's why most wrestlers die before they're even 55 years old. That's why there are so few like Hulk Hogan's that are that age, that was that big of a star who's still alive. Typically, they're the ultimate warrior, macho man, uh, Jake the Snake. Like these guys who all either are Jake dead the Snake's or, still alive, man. or look like they should be dead. <laughs> he might look like he's dead, but he's still alive. Uh, not everybody can be DDP and just do yoga for the rest of their life yeah. and sell videos. But, Stings uh, out there going off the top, right? I can, I'm, I'm saying that may, that that's part of the reason why I work out now is because if Sting's 62 years old and can do that shit, then I need to get off my ass and do something. So thank you, Stinger, Steve Borden. I appreciate your inspiration. But uh, I think uh, that gets us close to the hour mark, man. So we're going to go ahead and call it a night. Uh, we'll be back next week. Right now, the Panthers – are covering against the Texans, but the Texans are driving. So hopefully we uh, we can hold on to this and actually start 1-0 and on our uh, Thursday night pick here. But uh, this has been the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. Everyone enjoy your weekend. Watch some football. Eat some good food. Have some fun beverages. Do it for us because not all of us are doing that right now. We could use the support. We'll see you the same time next week. Have a good one. <laughs>